Welcome to the Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting Podcast. You may attend this meeting live on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific Time using the Zoom ID 848-520-80640, password 061120. For more information about adult children of alcoholics and dysfunctional families, visit adultchildren.org. The following speaker share from Michael was recorded on February 8th, 2024. Hello, everyone. My name is Michael. I'm an adult child. Um, you know, I'm very grateful. Um, I'll start right there. You know, I am so grateful that I can call myself an adult child. I didn't know what was going on with me until I came to ACA. I I blamed myself for everything. Um, I hated myself. Um, I tried to fix myself and I really tried to solve something that it was it had nothing to do with me, you know, like it, it was just intergenerational trauma. <laughs> and it wasn't about me or my worth or anything like that. So Coming to ACA, hearing adult child and learning about, um, you know, the laundry list and um, reading the big red book, you know, it helped me to see what this is and 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 gave me a purpose. Um, so, so I just wanted to say that I wanted to also say that, um, you know, I'm really happy, um, I'm honored to be here. Um, yeah, I feel the tears. Um, Yeah, I'm really honored to be here. Three years ago, I came in and it was bad. Um, it was really, really, really bad. Um, you know, when the big red book talks about this is a killer, it is. Um, you know, I, I didn't know how much longer I would be here. I desperately wanted to end it. And um, my my inner child wouldn't give up. And, you know, I, I didn't know that then I just I just had this part of me that wouldn't stop, wouldn't give up. And, um, you know, I, I realized that I had to fight for that part. So so I came into ACA and and like one of the first things I did um, was tap into this process and listen to the to the MP3, to the um you know, to to every like the um, speaker tapes, I guess, and not even tapes, <laughs> speaker MP3s that that were online, and um, you know, Toolbox Tuesday, and Voices Across America, and there were others, and then some ones that were from way back when, and they saved my life really. Like they were the first um, lifeline that really got into that dark place and let me know there was hope. Um, so that's really, you know, that's why I'm honored. And I just um, hope that I can pass that on to somebody who was in a place like where I was. Um, Cause that's all I wanted to do back then. I, I didn't have any hope for my life. <laughs> I didn't expect anything more because I had failed. I was uh, demolished. I was destroyed. I had imploded. Um, you know, life was terrifying. Um, and, and I was like, my God, if I can just do the work and, and then 
speak and pass this on to the next person. And that really was like about the only thing I could hope for then. And so, you know, um, I'm going to speak about, uh, I spoke at Limerick ACA and I spoke about what it was like as a ch uh, growing up uh, with a narcissist and a sociopath. I talked about how that had affected me in my um, adult life. And so what I really want to talk about here is how bad it was, um, like how how dark it was. And I want to hopefully pass that on to somebody who who's in the same place as I was and let them know that we do get better. Um, part of that, I, you know, there's like in my mind, there's there is, um, you know, dysfunction has a gravitational pull. And what I'm finding out is recovery has a gravitational pull. And um, and I had to claw my way out of that that dysfunctional pull. Um, this is it's coming back, guys. I don't really think about this too much because life is getting good. It's getting really good. Um, I'm starting to to feel what love is for the first time. Um, feel that oneness, that connectedness to other human beings. That that place of allowing and accepting and um, trusting in life, trusting that it's going to be okay and that I don't need to control everything or everyone. And that people are allowed to do what people do. They're allowed to be who they need to be. And I don't have to change them. I just have to have boundaries. I have to have discernment. And, you know, I need to take care of myself. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to rule the world anymore. And cause, thank God, because I was really fucking bad at it <laughs> it's like really bad at it um so um so yeah i came into aca and um yeah i i really i was destroyed and it, it was at it was on the heels of a divorce um I, it was five years after the divorce but it was my second divorce and that's that's in the the other one um and and i i was like Everything I knew crumbled um, because I was just like this codependent all my life. And I had this like perpetual toxic hope that if I just got it right and please just the right person, just the right way, that somehow I was going to be given like the secrets to life and I was going to be able to like be safe and and get healed. And so I put all my faith in people, all my faith. Um, and really I was looking for a parent and every single person that I, I met. Um, and, and everybody let me down. <laughs> you know, that's like, they didn't sign up for that job. <laughs> they want to be my parent, but you know, I, I didn't know that's what I wanted and they let me down. And, um, you know, I, um, after the second divorce, I, there was, there was just so much to it. I lost all hope and, um, the codependency, everything failed me. Everything that I believed in failed. Um, yeah, everything that I lived for and believed in failed and it wouldn't give me anything that I needed to be safe. And in fact, 
as I looked at it, it, it actually took away, you know, it was making my, my life worse, but I, you know, I, I didn't really know that. And so I came into ACA and, um, I was in full-blown complex PTSD. I didn't know it. Um, when I did research, I was pretty certain I was borderline. It wasn't. It's a co complex PTSD will look like borderline when it's like at its fullest. And thank God I had two therapists. <laughs> two therapists then. Um, and one had seen me a long time ago when I was like in a much better, I was in a good place comparatively, uh, you know, and, and life was not too bad. And, and I uh, was just trying to get a sense of things. And she was like, no, you're definitely not borderline. The lady that I was seeing then was not so sure. <laughs> and I can say I'm not. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I didn't know I had complex PTSD uh, all my life. I didn't I didn't know um, anything about it. I, and and then it took over uh, it. It was alarm bells in my head. Twenty four sevens. I was my body was tense, rigid, tense. Um, you know, I would I, I would wake up and go to sleep tense. Um my my head was full of catastrophes everything was a i was just like so certain that anything and everything bad would happen um i was overwhelmed by so many emotions um these emotions would not stop um i would i would wake up to them i would go to sleep to them i wake up in the middle of the night and i have them they wouldn't stop and they were shame, they were rage, they were hate, and they were blame, and it was helplessness, and um, and it was the abandonment wound that was wide open when I got here. It was like the abandonment wound was this terrifying place within me that was like a chasm, and. And it wanted to like suck me in. It was, it was just, it was, it was just filled with this feeling that I can't really explain to you. But somebody like who is experienced would know because it's like terror. It's, it's stark naked freaking terror. And, and I was living with that. I was living with that. I was living with dysregulation. Um, uh, I was emotionally dysregulated, some complex PTSD. I was having emotional flashbacks. My inner critic was flashing me back um, to an emotional time when I was dependent and small. I was helpless, and I was I was I was then a victim to other people's uh, sadism and cruelty and hostility, and I couldn't escape. And um, you know that was in me. I. I carried that with me um and because you know it couldn't heal until i did the work here so you know it i was um i felt hopeless absolutely utterly hopeless i mean there was no way i was going to get better um there was no way on earth i was ever going to feel good again but i couldn't kill myself um i had wanted to for years but I couldn't. 
<laughs> like I said, the inner child is not having that shit. <laughs> You're not killing yourself. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I just lived in this pain and, and, um, and then I found ACA. Uh, and when I found ACA, I, um, it was like somebody online. I was like a crappy childhood fairy. Um, and this guy was talking about how it was in like one of those things where she gets together with all of us and, and does Q and a, and this guy talked about, um, talked about, um, you know, um, ACA and, and I had never heard of ACA and I had been looking for some, I had gone to emotions anonymous. I had, I, I checked out a few other 12 step programs, but none of them were for me. Um, you know, I had, I went to NA and, and I was long time in AA, but it, that wasn't helping me. You know, it, it's like, um, people are my problem. Yeah, I remember saying that to, to my sponsors, <laughs> drugs are a problem. Yeah. Okay. But people are my problem. And, um, so this person, thank God was there and, and said, um, the words ACA and explained it a little bit. And so I got the big red book and I read it and I just kept reading it. And, you know, 30, 50 pages in, I knew this was the place for me. Um, I knew that what I always needed is finally here because I was somebody who like just, you know, was, you know, I just ferociously consumed like psychology because I was trying to fix myself <laughs> and, you know, and I was getting bits and pieces, bits and pieces, but I couldn't put it together. I didn't know what, how, what to do with it. Um, reparenting was what was missing is what I've come to, to find out. And now so much of what I've learned is makes made sense and it has fallen into its place, but nobody was teaching about reparenting and, and ACA was. Um, so, so I, I started reading the big red book and, and I saw what was going on with me and that, that it wasn't abnormal for my situation. I mean, right in the beginning of the big red book, it's talking about shame attacks that are so bad that, that the walls are moving in. You're losing like vision. Um, you know, just that kind of stuff like that I had never heard before that let me know that ACA knows what's going on with me. ACA uses words like a love deficit on Holocaust proportions. ACA uses the word terror, talks about shame. You know, um, it does not um, ever. um shy away from the truth and um and what i've come to see is that aca is um it is my high well it's my higher power i didn't never have one i never won i hated higher powers hate just hated the effing idea of it and you know <laughs> and, and and i want to share that for people who are struggling with that you don't have to have a higher power here um people talk about it and it's you know I I took it in the technical terms of I had I was powerless to to make changes and here's this amazing program that is offering me everything that I ever wanted like from anybody which is patience love kindness gentleness respect 
dignity, you know, and it's like all here. And I'm like, oh my God, that's my higher power. So, you know, I finally um, had that higher power and I could let go of the deity and the religions and, and I could just let go. I could let go of the anger um, and um, I could let go of the anger. I could let go of uh, the need to, um, well, just the need to get something from something that I can't see. And, you know, and, and it kept me feeling like super alone. So, um, so I think I did lost my, I do that. I lose my train of thought. Um, but I was talking about coming in ACA, the big red book, higher power. And, um, yeah. So, so, you know, so that began like, my journey to clawing out of uh, this, um, this, uh, you know, like this gravitational pull of dysfunction. And I had known enough to know that if I was going to stand a chance, I was going to have to be very repetitive because I was, I was so far gone, you know, the neural pathways were all like just filled with dysfunction and hate and, um, you know, there was no love in my system. And so I, I became very methodical and, and very repetitive. And, and I used what ACA was teaching me. And so when I first got here, I just listened to the audio, you know, to, to the um, speakers and it was mind blowing. I never heard people talk so openly and honestly about what was going on inside of them. Their, their, how torturous their relationships were, you know, how codependent they were, how, um, you know, they couldn't trust themselves and how, you know, they were just racked with pain and insanity, you know, and they knew it. And these were good people. Like I could hear in all of their voices, just so much love and kindness and, you know, empathy. And I'm like, my God, I found my people. You know? <laughs> like, like nobody here is, is like faking it. Everybody here is trying to save their life. And so I would listen and listen and listen. And then I, uh, I got into, um, I got into the inner child work, um, pretty quickly. And I, you know, I want to share this with you guys. This is kind of what started it. I don't know if anybody can see, but I put up my little boy. He's like probably two happy birthday. And, you know, back when I came into ACA three years ago, everybody was putting their baby pictures up and, you know, people were just so affectionate to that little boy. And, um, and because of that, I started to believe that, you know, there was something good in me. Yeah. You know, I started to see me, you know, back then before all the dysfunction took over and started to, to have something to believe was in me, you know, cause I, I bought into everything. ACH like a hundred percent bought into everything. <laughs> I didn't challenge it. And I'm, I challenge everything. <laughs> I fight everything. I know more, you know, <laughs> my ass was whooped sufficiently whooped and ACA was um beyond my um you know beyond reproach really it, just beyond reproach like it 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 passed every sniff test that 
Yeah, it's just nothing. There was just nothing inauthentic about ACA. Um, so, so I bought in and, and I started to do the inner child work and I would imagine that little boy in there and, um, you know, it was really hard to get to him. Um, he was, I was, he had not, he had a knife and he was insanely mad and wanted to always cut me uh, for a good little while and I had all these very disturbing images in there and it was it was frightening but I kept doing it because this is the solution reparenting my inner child is the solution like I I tapped into that like super fast because I had done the steps before I'm not a fan you know not against like you know whatever uh, I have benefited from the steps but yeah, no, <laughs> no, I'll, I'll never take anybody through this stuff. Tony A, like that's different. Like Tony A steps, love them, you know, but the other ones for somebody with complex PTSD, it is too emotional. You know, it just can trigger emotional flashbacks going back and looking at it that way um, through that lens. Um, and I did ours and I, and they're, they're wonderful. I mean, ours are like a, very different, but they still triggered me into emotional flashbacks because I was having to look at, you know, events and specifics that, um, you know, I, I just wasn't ready for. And, but the beautiful thing was I did it with a group of four other men and I regained my humanity in that process because I saw that each and every one of these men had been through something like I had been through, or they were going through it and that there was nothing wrong with me, that it couldn't have been any other way, that this is exactly how I was going to turn out based on what I went through. And, you know, that gave me this with intergenerational trauma because I was so full of hate and blame. And I, I mean, you know, I was just looking at this, this thing, a tombstone. I always loved the line. And he's like, um, he was saying, um, Wyatt Earp was saying to, no, Doc Holliday was saying to Wyatt Earp, uh, you know, something about, um, he doesn't want revenge. He wants a reckoning. <laughs> and I wanted a reckoning. <laughs> I wanted my parents to pay for every single little thing that they had ever done wrong to me. And I, I mean, I wanted that. And, and I was consumed with this red hot hatred. Um, and I want to say that also back when I was talking about when I was like, you know, this regular everything, I was like, I, my skin was burning with shame and hate. Like I was burning and, you know, I had everything coursing through me. It, it was a shit show. I was in such a horrible place, but, um, but yeah, so, um, so I know I was talking about the inner child and then I got to my parents. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. So I, I, so, you know, I was reparenting. Um, you know, I don't know what the point of bringing my parents in other than maybe I just wanted to say that line. <laughs> Reckoning. <laughs> um, but you no, know, I was reparenting and, and, um, <laughs> and, and I, I just, I, I tapped into, I had to, um, undo the big red book talks about our parents have 72 seasons to, to like instill 
you know, dysfunction. And, you know, dysfunction for me, how I see it now is how I define it is it's it's co it's it's built on the vehicle of codependency. And it is it's like just it's, it's just surrounded by hate, you know, and it's covered up and everybody can blah, 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 blah. But it, it's just there's hate, hate for life, hate for, you know, every, you know, just hate for existence. And codependency is like the vehicle is the foundation, you know, and um, so understanding the gravity of it. I, I just like I went in, I did the inner child work repetitively all day long, all day long, all day long. Like it, it, the worse the pain, the more I went in um, to do the inner child work. And it didn't matter if my inner child wanted to hurt me or not. It didn't matter if I had this um, energetic force that was, um, you know, in essence, my parents inside of me that refused to allow compassion and refused refused to allow me to love that inner child. And I didn't know how to love. I didn't even have the tools for love, but I had that energetic force and I would just push through because the, you know, the, the odds were too high. Like there was no, there was no going to a different place. I either did this or I didn't do this. And if I didn't do this, if I couldn't kill myself, I was going to be homeless. And I knew that like, I just, I was like, Oh my God, this is the place where people end up destitute and homeless because my brain wasn't functioning anymore. I, I mean, it was just like alarm bells going off. Everybody's a threat. Um, you know, I, I can't really hold a job down, but thank God I'm a truck driver and I am, you know, able to somewhat and I had some money, but no, it, it wasn't going to get better on its own. So, so I reparented like my life depended on it because it did. And um, I went in and, and met that little boy um, and began to love him with affirmations. Um, you know, I would just let him know that it was okay. I was like, it's okay. You didn't deserve that. Uh, it wasn't your fault. Um, you know, it, it had nothing to do with you. And, um, and nobody believed it. I didn't believe it. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it because that's what I was told to do. And I trusted this program. So I did it. 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 And, um, you know, and I stayed on meetings. Um, you know, I stay on five, six meetings a day because I couldn't, I couldn't even breathe. I felt so unsafe. Um, you know, like my breath was super constricted and, um, and I would get on the meetings and I would feel safe, um, you know, for one hour. And I would go to another one. I would feel safe for another hour. And uh, and I would do five or six of those for like the first year. And and then the second year, I, I you know, did less, but still a lot. And this third year, I, I'm down to like probably, you know, I think about five, six meetings. And I love all of them. But uh, but yeah, and I, I uh, reparented him by calling loving parents, which were my fellow travelers. I reached out to um so many people. I was very lucky that in my other 12-step program, I had gotten used to picking up the phone, the 800-pound phone, um, you know, the, 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 <laughs> the, I don't even know what the word is. Like, I know the feeling inside of picking up the phone before you kind of get used to it. It's just, there's like, 
the critic goes crazy and you just know the person's going to hate you and you just know it's all going to go wrong and it's all going to feel awkward. And so you just don't pick up the phone, you know, and I knew that place. And, but I, but I had, thank goodness, um, kind of worked through that. And so I was just picking up the phone, picking up the phone, picking up the phone and people were becoming my loving parents for me. Um, they were helping me to believe in myself, to helping me to um, love myself, helping me to to understand, um, you know, just them, me, um, how we fit into this world now that we know we're adult children and, you know, what this program can do for us. And it was just, and it was so beautiful and it still is. I still love my fellow travelers tremendously. Um, but, you know, it was, it was just, it was really important. And I had people who were, were empath empathic and compassionate and, and could show me love. And it helped me to, to kind of ignite some of mine. Um, but I did that for like a year. And I just trusted it. And most of that year was just about it not getting worse. <laughs> it, was, it was getting worse. Like by the time I got to ACA, it was it was accelerating. Like I was in the vortex. I was going down. And so it would just be like, okay, I did all this work. I, I, I did the inner child work. I did the six meetings. I, you know, I, I reparented, um, you know, I, I just repetitively watched all my thoughts and tried to challenge them. Um, you know, I'm working on my beliefs. Um, I'm, I'm learning that I need to really, you know, get with these emotions and accept them, you know, and accept the unacceptable really, because I mean, dude, they're like burning me. I don't want to accept them, but I had to, you know, I had to accept everything and I had to accept that my life might not get any better than this ever, period, end of story. So no expectation for this process is what allowed me to begin to get better because I put expectations on everything. And when it failed, I bolted. I was butthurt. I wanted to, you know, whatever. And I couldn't do that. Um, yeah, I just, I, 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 I just, and I, I had faith in ACA, but I couldn't see how they were going to get me to this other place that I, you know, so I, I just had to give up on that. And thank God I did because, you know, what I'm getting is, um, love. Um, that's what ACA gives me is love. Um, so, so, you know, I, um, I gave up on the expectations. I just realized that if I can just make this, this day be, be a little bit better than the next day and then the last day and it not, and, and, and the trajectory be that I'm not getting worse, <laughs> not the trajectories I'm going up, you know, just I'm not going down. And um, that was a win for me for about the first year. Um, and, and it's remarkable <laughs> that um, 
No, it just says it just shows how bad the pain was because you know it's not a whole lot to go off of. Like, <laughs> like you know, I was doing all this work. I couldn't expect any kind of life worth living, and it just wasn't getting worse. And that was good enough for me. That really was. Um, but life is getting good by the way but life did start to get better in the second year because i began to and and now i want to transition into um you know kind of this you know you know, we come from dysfunctional families and we reenact that dysfunction everywhere in our lives and all areas of our lives and then um we can come into aca and we can commit you know, I committed to this recovery process and now I'm reenacting my recovery in all areas of my life. And it's a beautiful thing. Um, but yeah, I, um, I, I just, it's in this, in the beginning of the second year, I realized and, or, or I did, I, I'm not sure when I realized, I think it might've been six months in, but it did be second year. I just got dead serious about the codependency. I saw that it was killing me. I saw that it was the, it was anti-life. It was, um, it was, it wasn't what I thought it was. I really didn't. I really thought codependency was a nice, fluffy, warm bunny and better that than a narcissist. And probably yes on that, (laughs) but not a whole lot better. It's a, it's just, it's just, it's just terrible, painful place of of you know people pleasing and and having to get it perfectly right for other people and never checking in and and looking out for self and being boundary not having boundaries and not having needs or wants and you know not trusting myself not trusting what i think and feel always making the other person the authority i'm always giving up my power for uh for the hope i could have safety um and it it was it was for me what happened because i grew up in narcissism you know they trained me to show up for them instead of having two parents who showed up for me as a child these were you know two infants in adult bodies um and that's kind of like what they think is happening with narcissism just just stop there at that infant very young age and and they were demanding that i show up for them and you know you look at codependency it's like oh there it is there it is you know so so i did a lot of work on that and um and that work um felt like i was being ripped to shreds um really ripped to shreds i mean i could just (laughs) i mean i could just feel like that like i i would go against this this it's like a book of law inside of me. Like I would go against it and it would, it would just fill me with terror. And, um, and what's interesting is when I would follow the codependency, it would fill me with euphoria. So, you know, there's the inner drugstore. I'm getting a euphoria hit 
off of the codependency. I'm going to show up for the world. I'm going to rescue the world. I'm going to fix the world. You know, I'm going to be, um, you know, the I'm going to be for the world what the world should have been for me. And I'm going to sacrifice. And, you know, and I just, and it was euphoric at times, you know, because I really bought into it. Like somehow I was going to, um, you know, get what I needed and be healed. And it did not happen. You know, like I just got worse, but um, damn it, my time's running out. <laughs> I got like 10 minutes. Um, but, um, but yeah, the, the, um, it, it felt like I was being ripped apart ripped something was being ripped from me and it was it was so painful um it was when i started to get out of the codependency and not just like go and do it like (laughs) Like I was like, I wasn't running out there, go be a codependent anymore. Like I, it certainly was in me. I hadn't um, gotten to the roots of it yet. I just, I saw it and I was like not being codependent. And then I started to get into the boundaries and my needs and wants. And um, that terrified me. I, uh, I could not have done boundary work if I didn't have an inner child, because I wouldn't have had anything to have boundaries for. Um, you know, I looked at the boundaries and I was like, well, you know, I could come up with all these rules for boundaries, but what the hell's the point? Like, you know, like I didn't get it until I had an inner child to protect. And then suddenly I really did get boundaries because now you, whoever you, you, somebody outside who's, uh, you know, dysfunctional, not working on themselves willing to um, hurt another person so they can feel better. When that person comes around, I, instead of doing what I always did, which was run to them and, you know, like, <laughs> like get on my back and show my belly and pee all over myself. <laughs> That's so true. You know, I, 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 you know, and, and hope that if I, I please them enough, they wouldn't hurt me. Now I'm like, oh, no, you're not, you're not getting near my inner child. And I started to have boundaries. And, you know, and I and it wasn't the boundaries were for me, really. Like, I wasn't trying to change anybody more. Like, I totally got that when I came into ACA. Like, I wouldn't need to rescue any family members. I didn't need to rescue the world anymore because this is I wanted this desperately. And and I almost, I didn't even know if I was going to pull it off. I didn't even know if I was like going to be able to, to do what ACA was saying because I was in such a bad place. So I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a hundred percent committed. And I'm all, and I, I don't even know if I'm going to succeed. Like nobody out there who isn't even aware of their dysfunction is going to change. So I don't need to change people anymore. I need to have boundaries and keep myself safe from people. Use discernment and keep myself safe from people. Trust myself. Trust the inner voice that lets me know what is good for me and let other people be who they are and um, and steer clear. And that was a significant uh, movement and into um, join, you know, getting this gravitational pull of 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 recovery, because you know, with that, with that having been done, I wasn't going 
and getting sucked into other people's dysfunction and getting reinfected. And, you know, so now it's just me, my infection, not getting reinfected. And it, and it allowed me to really, you know, go more into this um, recovery. Now, there was this very long in-between. I call it the in-between where the dysfunction was still very alive in me, um, you know, but I'm in between and I'm seeing like health. I'm seeing healing. I'm seeing love. I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, I'm seeing, but I can't have it yet. And so I had to stay in the intolerable in between. Just don't go reach for the tool that you know doesn't work and just suffer for once in your life, not knowing for once in your life, you know, um, suffer being a human suffer that you do not control or have power over the universe. Michael, you can only do what you can do. You can work this program of recovery and stay put. And I did, and I just would call people and I would stay put and, you know, and, and, and I would, and I had therapists and I have therapists, I have multiple therapists. Um, you know, I wasn't alone, but, you know, I, I just trusted that, uh, I was going to get here, but there, it really is, there is, you know, as we're getting better, this place where, um, where we can see the, you know, the beautiful new life and the dysfunction is in us. And there we get to start making the choices of who we're going to feed. You know, if anybody's heard of like the two wolves, you know, that parable, um, you know, um, you, you got two wolves. One, one is um, uh, one doesn't like you very much and will hurt you. And another one loves you and is kind to you. You have these two, which one do you feed? <laughs> of course, feeding the one that hated me all my life. But now I, I can feed with my action, with my, um, you know, with me, I can feed the this new wolf, so to speak. Um, and, and, and that's just like what I've been doing. I've just been feeding the wolf. I've been um, like, I'll, I've been I'll, not fighting the dysfunction anymore because it's there and it's not as strong, but just allowing it and knowing it's there, finding um, love and grace and, um, you know, um, compassion and forgiveness for the way that has made me behave, for what it makes, you know, this dysfunction like is is just rooted and, and just like the worst, like, uh, you know, it just doesn't have life in it. And, um, you know, we can behave in all kinds of ways that we don't like to, even if we're good people and we are all good people here, but, um, you know, and, and I just, it's in me and, and it's not my fault and I take responsibility for it. Um, but it, it's not me. And that's what's so important. Dysfunction is not me anymore. I am not shame. And, um, you know, I am not bad. And ACA, um, 
you know, there's a thing by Claudia B and it says, we don't, you know, we don't give up the drugs. We don't give up the alcohol. What we do is we find our worth here. And that's what I found here in ACA. I found the greatest gift ever that I have worth. I didn't have any worth ever. Um, you know, I was just so hellbent on trying to get my worth through pleasing others and, and showing up for them. And now I have worth. And um, from that worth comes everything um, because, you know, and that worth is my inner child. And I mean, it comes everything now, you know, like it, it's just, you know, like, it, it just everything is springing forth from a new place, a place of um, of of this inner child and love and and warmth and and life is springing forth from that instead of springing forth from the old place of um, where I was devalued and and hated and traumatized and abused and went into my adulthood thinking that I I had no value. So yeah, my time is up, guys. I um. You know, I really, um, I just, I love all of you. You all have helped me, even if I don't know you, just being here, <laughs> just that we have 2000 meetings and that you guys are always here and that, you know, all of you are so loving and um, such beautiful souls. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just like we we just do this together guys like um this is a beautiful process you're my family um and you know for anybody out there who j doesn't believe that they can get better this is not true <laughs> we get better we heal here um we really do i love you guys thank you <laughs>